Today's secularist won't be happy until nativity scenes are removed from public properties. They won't be happy until God's name is taken out of the Pledge of Allegiance. They won't be happy until God's name is removed from every coin. They won't be happy until Christmas carols that mention God are removed from all schools. They won't be happy until Christian dramas and plays are all removed from schools. They won't be happy until the Ten Commandment plaques, because in a lot of different places they have the Ten Commandments on public buildings. They won't be happy until those are removed as well. We're living in a time that society doesn't want to see the name of God. They don't want to hear the name of God. They don't want to know about God. They want anything that, that has to do with God removed. Why should we have to be exposed to your God is what they say, right? Well, we don't believe in that. Why do we have to see it? Why do we have to hear it is what they say. This reminds me of Acts chapter 4, verse 17 to 18. I want to read this with you before we get into a message. It was when Peter and John were before the council, right? They were preaching and teaching in the streets, and then they were pulled aside, and they were told this. It says, but to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back, and they commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Stop talking about Jesus. Don't speak about Jesus. Don't speak for Jesus. How about these days? Does, has anyone encountered things like that? Some of us work in places where we can't say Jesus. We can't tell someone Jesus loves you because we'll get pulled aside and say, hey, we're not, we're not allowed to do that here. You're not allowed to do that here. Even Christmas is under fire, and this we'll talk about in a minute. Stores are instructing employees to greet customers differently, right? Stores like Macy's, Walmart, Target. We'll open that for discussion one day. Is it Target or Target? We won't come to a conclusion right now. But think about it. All these big stores and chains, they pull their employees aside every time this year, and they say, listen, we want you to make sure that you greet customers with happy or seasons. No Merry Christmas. Don't say Merry Christmas because you might offend somebody. You might offend somebody if you say Merry Christmas. Well, you know what? It should offend you when it don't say Merry Christmas. I mean, what, what is this? What are we celebrating? This is Christmas. We are celebrating the birth of our Savior. 
if they don't want to celebrate Christmas, they don't, have to, they don't have to do all the things that everyone does during Christmas, right? They can shut themselves in the house and turn off all the lights. But no. It should offend us every time this year as Christ followers. It should offend us when someone doesn't want to acknowledge that Christ is the reason for this season. Matter of fact, what I do, this is real life, um, when they say happy holidays to me, I say, Merry Christmas, and I walk away. I, don't, I mean, hey, happy holidays, yeah, Merry Christmas, walk away. Season's greeting, Merry Christmas, and I walk away. Maybe I'll just remind them, it's actually Christmas. It is a happy holiday, but this holiday is Christmas. Businesses, they won't say Christmas, but they don't mind racking in all the extra money that they make during this season. It is said that about a third of the annual income from a lot of, you know, especially these big chain stores comes from the Christmas season alone. A third of their annual uh, income comes from the Christmas season. But they won't acknowledge that without Christ, there would be no Christmas. Let me start the timer now here. It's okay. All right. When we wish each other a Merry Christmas, we are acknowledging Christ is the reason, right? Christmas I would say the Christmas haters, right? They even want us to cancel out the word Christ and put a, an X in place of Christ. Merry Xmas. Merry Xmas. That's what they want. To X Christ out of the equation, change it to Xmas. People love this time of year because they like to receive gifts. People like to receive gifts. They like to receive presents. But isn't it ironic how people at Christmas can get so excited about gifts that they receive but are totally ignorant about the greatest gift that was ever given, right? Right? We can get super excited about the, 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 all the gifts that, that are, are coming up, all these gifts, all the different types of gifts. But then we, we, we're, it's almost like the greatest gift of all time is looked over. It's looked over. God gave us the best gift that mankind could ever receive. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 12. It says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe, wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, lying in a manger. Just as we wrap up presents 
and gifts before giving them away. God wrapped his gift. He swaddled his gift, right, in cloths and gave it to mankind. I want to take a moment to say this because I don't think my mom's going to watch this one. (laughs) Buying a present for my mom is the worst. The worst. I get, I get like anxiety thinking about it. It's the worst. I think, I think we've given up almost. We almost give up. She still gets something, but you know, it's just not the same. No, don't show her this. I could take my time. I could look around the house to see what she's missing, what she doesn't have, what she has. I could, like, you know, eavesdrop on her conversations to see if she wants something. I can ask my dad, and then what he ends up telling me is something that he wants anyway. My dad thinks he's slick. He's slick. So I don't do that anymore. I don't ask him what my mom might want because it's something that he probably wants. And so what happens is, you know, we, 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 we go all out. We finally think, yes, this is it. She's going to love this. We put so much time and effort into this, and she's going to love it. And we wrap it up. We make it all nice, and we give it to her. And it never fails every year. This this is a present. This is a present right here. She opens it, and she's like, oh, how nice. (laughs) You don't have to fix them all? See that? Like, oh, this is so nice. Where'd you get this? I'm like, mom, just give it to me. No, 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 I love it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Oh, this Carlos, don't tell her, don't tell her. <laughs> Carlos is like next door. So, so she's like, so, and so the thing is, every year it's the same reaction. My mom is high maintenance. <laughs> high maintenance. Too high maintenance. I say all this to mention this. No one who has ever accepted the gift wrapped in swaddling cloths has ever been disappointed. Do you understand this? We have all received the gift that let us down. My mom is so high maintenance, but the gift she gives me is always socks, like socks or or like a shirt. I'm like, come on. I told my wife, I'm simple, bullets or gift cards. That's it. I'm a simple. You can't go wrong with that. Pastor, what kind of bullets? I got them all. I got all calibers. You you won't be wrong with any type of bullets. I'm like, bullets and gift cards, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. But yet every year, socks. Some kind of shirt, T-shirt that I really can't wear out. Oh, it's like, it's like, uh, no, I'm not. she can't watch this. She can't watch this. I just got to be worried about my wife, my son, and Carlos and Stephanie. Everyone else, I think we can be, you know. No one who has ever accepted the gift of God that was his son, Jesus Christ, has ever been disappointed. That's something that you can, I mean, you could take it to the bank, like they say. You will not be disappointed. 
Tonight, I want to touch on two things, and it's the gifts that we have through Jesus, and the second is to ask the question of, have you received the gift that he sent you? Suppose, let's suppose as a church, we're going to draw names of people to buy a present for, but we kind of change the rules. You guys know what drawing names is? You know, like a secret Santa type of thing or whatever. Like, we all put our names in the hat. We all draw it. And then you got to buy that person a present. Let's say we decide to do that as a church. But we change the rules. And the rules are that you don't have to um, buy that person a present. The rule is that you go to that person and you can tell that person. You can ask for anything that that person has. And that person has to give it to you. So you pull, you pull a name, right? Um, let me see, let me see. Lenny. You know what, Lenny? I kind of like your Mustang. Um, I want it. And Lenny, with the rules, has to give it to me. Who wants to play that game? All the teenagers in the back, well, I ain't got nothing anyway. I want to play that game. I want to play that game. <laughs> And so happens that a person, they ask for your most prized possession. Think about what you value the most. And then think of somebody saying, I want that from you. Think about it right now. Think about it. Take a moment. What is it that you have that you value the most? If you're married, it better be your spouse. No, no, I'm saying, think about, no, 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 okay, I did not understand my, yo, I'm like, me and Lenny are both, me and Lenny are like, wait, what? I said, if you are married, what you should be valuing most is your spouse. And y'all both were like, nah, uh Okay, all right, what they were taking their earrings off were for, they don't want nobody asking for their spouse. But think about this. But think about this. Your most prized possession. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's your house. Maybe it's a dog. Maybe it's your gun collection. Would you give it to them? What if it was your only son? What if it was your only son? Lord, we want to be like you, but we're not you. We want to be. In the late 50s, Hallmark Cards had a, had a saying. Uh, it was like one of their uh, slogans. And it said, when you care enough to send the very best. That was Hallmark's slogan back in the late 50s. When you care enough to send the very best, you buy Hallmark, Right? The Lord gave the best that he had. He sent his very best. God knew exactly what we needed. We needed a Savior to save us from our sins. And God doesn't give the knockoff gifts. He doesn't shop on Canal Street in New York. 
or, or off wish, yeah. And that's the new thing. People don't really go out as much anymore. He doesn't. He gives the, he only gives the best. Look at James chapter 1 in the first part of verse 17. It says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from, our God, from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. So we have a gift in Jesus Christ, God's ultimate gift to us. It wasn't cheap. Well, it didn't cost us anything. We're going to talk about that later. But, but the thing is, this was the very best that he could give us. It wasn't a knockoff. It wasn't, you know, something. It was top of the line, the best. And in the gift of Jesus, there were more gifts inside. You ever, you ever get a gift and, like, you open it and you're like, oh, oh, there's something inside of that too. You're like, there's something inside of this too. And then you already have a gift and you open it and there's another gift and then there's another gift and you got like four gifts. Anyone? Anyways, there are gifts that we have available to us through the gift of Jesus Christ. And I want to talk about several of them. The first one is eternal life. Eternal life. We all want to live long lives here on this earth. Nobody says, nobody wakes up and says, you know what? I don't know, I'm 33. Maybe another year or two, and I'm, I'm, I'm good. I mean, that's not the average thought mentality. That's not the thought process that we grow up with, right? No matter what age, you want to you wanna keep going as far as you can. But after this life comes an eternity, either which way. But through Christ, there is eternal life. We can have eternal life. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 says, And, she, and he, she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then we all know John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is a gift that only God can give, the gift of eternal life. This is it. You can't find it nowhere. Nowhere. Even though I know some of you guys have your ways of buying sneakers through different websites before people get them. You have ways of buying this. There is no other way that we can have eternal life other other than through Jesus Christ. That's it. There's no other way. Imagine if you could give a gift of life to other people. Imagine if you could give that gift. If it was something that was giveable from us, right? One of the first things that we would ask would be like, well, how much is it going to cost me? Right? How much is that gift going to cost? If I'm going to give my wife a gift of more life, more years, how much is that going to cost? Some of the wealthiest people on the planet 
if at that moment they were staring death in the face, meaning that they had moments to live, just moments, just minutes, and someone said, if you give me all your money, I'll give you 10 more years. You know how many of them would just give all their wealth up to live 10 more years? But man can't do that. Only Jesus can. Everyone that comes to him will get his or her life extended. Do you understand that? When we come to Christ, our lives are extended for eternity. John 3.16, we says that whoever believes in him won't perish, but have eternal life. Jesus gives that eternal life. The gift is for you if you believe in him. That's, that, that's what, that's, it's that simple, yet I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if, it's, if it's just, maybe it's the things that I'm reading that's happening in the world or in our country or within the, within the faith community, but it just seems like sometimes it gets overly, it gets overcomplicated. And then all of a sudden we hear things about, well, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to live like this, you got to look like this, you got to talk like this, you got to dress like this. And, and you go down the list of what you have to do when the Bible was clear about accepting and receiving Christ as your Savior, being the way to salvation. Is that okay? Am I messing some of y'all up? Are some of you guys used to being religious? Because that's not what gets us into heaven. You want me to say it again? Are some of y'all used to being religious? Because that's not what gets us into heaven. What gets us into heaven is a relationship with Christ. And if we have a true relationship with Christ, then we will live like followers of Christ. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, my lifestyle is going to reflect my relationship. So, you know what? Instead of giving you a list of rules, I can urge you all, have a closer relationship with Christ. Get closer to him. Read your word. Spend time in prayer. Get to know him. Let him get to, I mean, he already knows you, but you know, he likes to hear from you. And your life will follow. Your lifestyle will reflect it. Another gift is peace. We have the gift of peace. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Notice that the Lord and this moment is Jesus, right? Notice that Jesus acknowledges that the lost world can give peace. He says, remember, remember he said, not as the world gives you, which means the world does give you peace. The world gives us peace. Well, what kind of peace is it? Well, when everything is going good in your life and you're like, ah, that's the peace the world gives you. When everything is going good for you, when your car is working, the bills are paid, the house is clean, the kids are behaving, the boss is not on your back, 
When, you, when everything is perfect in your life, and you can sit back and be like, oh, today was a good day. That's the peace the world will give you. But notice what he says. He says, not as the world gives do I give you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So what happens is in moments that you should be troubled, in moments when you should be afraid, there's a peace that he gives. It's a gift. When we should be afraid, when we should be troubled, when we should be disturbed, when we should be upset, when we should be angry, when we should be frustrated, when we should be like pulling our hair out, when we should be, this is a peace that only he can give us. And it's a gift. It's a gift. But like all the gifts, you need to receive it. You need to receive it. Some of us are not living in the peace that he, want, he has gifted us because you haven't received it. And then you say, I don't know why my life is such a mess, Pastor. Everything's going wrong. God's peace is different than the peace of the world. The lost world's peace is based on the outward, on the outward. If everything's going well, we have peace. But God's peace is based on the inward, that even when things are not going well, we still have his peace. His peace is truly a gift. And the Bible has much to say about peace. Jesus called the prince of. And that's found in Isaiah 9. Paul refers to the God of all in Romans 15 and Galatians 6. Peace is often used as greeting, as a benediction, and we see that in Luke chapter 24. So what exactly is peace and how could I have it? Peace is a wholeness of mind and spirit a wholeness of your heart at rest. Notice the word wholeness. You can't be at peace as half of you is worried about something. You ever, you, ever, you ever had multiple projects going on in your life, multiple things, and you knocked off like three or four, you only had one left, you try to relax, you try to relax to take a break because you've been working so hard, you got that one thing left, and the second you sit down, it's like, uh, uh, it's like in your head. It's, it's going in your head. It's bothering you. It's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's ticking at you. You're like, oh, I got I to get this done. You can't have peace because there's not a wholeness involved there. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It is the presence of God. And that is important for us to understand because sometimes we're like, well, I'm not living in peace. There's no peace. I have no peace. Why are you saying that? Are you saying that because things are going, are, are all hectic? They're all being torn apart? Are we saying it because things are not the way they're supposed to be? Are we saying it because the kids are not listening? Are we saying it because um, things are going wrong? I mean, when we say I have no peace, we're saying that all things are going, it's chaos, But you can have 
those things in order, and did you know you can still not have peace? Because again, like I said, peace isn't the absence of all the trouble in your life. It is the presence of God. If you do not have the presence of God in your life, you cannot have the peace that God gives. Peace is the fruit of, is a fruit of this Holy Spirit. So we should be asking God, pleading with God, Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Dwell in me, Holy Spirit. And as a result of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, peace is a fruit of that. When we accept the God of all peace into our hearts, he begins to produce his own character in us. You ever seen those sci-fi movies where like, like the alien can be really little or something and it gets into like the body and all of a sudden it controls the body and it talks like whatever it wants to do. It acts like something. It's like this little thing goes in here and all of a sudden it takes over. The presence of God, when we accept God into our hearts, he begins to take over. Our speech is changed. Our habits are changed. Our lifestyle is changed. Our mentality, our thought process is changed. He gives us life. He gives us peace. And he gives us wisdom. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Isn't James being extra diplomatic here? I mean, look how he writes it. In, in, look how James writes this. He goes, if you need wisdom, knowing very well that we all need wisdom. But he was trying to be diplomatic. Maybe he was just, you know, maybe if he would have said, you all need wisdom, nobody would have read it. Because we don't want to hear the truth sometimes straight up, right? So, so if, you'd be like, oh, let me read this, if, you know. If, you know, if, if Nini needs wisdom, if Nini, if Nini, if, if Debbie, if Debbie needs wisdom, I'll read this. If Zeke needs wisdom, I'll read this. <laughs> we all need it. Every day we have to make choices. Every day we need wisdom to make the right decisions. I need wisdom. I need more and more wisdom. I feel like these last couple of days I've been uh, made clear of how little wisdom I have. You talking about me? Oh, you. Oh, well, we're on the same boat. It's the same. All right. Yo. Yo, Kev, you going to edit these parts out? No. <laughs> I feel you, though. That's, I, the last couple of days have made me feel that I have no, like, where, where's the wisdom that I swore I had? Because, you know, I don't walk around thinking I'm dumb. I walk around thinking I have a good head on my shoulders. And yet, I lack wisdom. I need more. I need more. And you know what? As I was putting this message together, I was reading, and I said, you know what? I should 
I should print out James 1.5 and put it everywhere I look. Think about this. The verse says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. So if I put it on the fridge, if I put it in my office, if I put it in the car, and I, am I, if I'm asking him for wisdom on a daily basis, then guess what? He promised me that he would give me wisdom. So this is one of the things that I'll be doing. Seriously. Because every day, I'm reminded of how much more wisdom I need. God has promised us that he would give us the wisdom we need because he knows what needs to be done as we face the difficulties in life. Everyone needs this gift of wisdom. Eternal life, peace, wisdom, all, greatest, all great gifts. But gifts have a price tag. Gifts cost money, right? Y'all know this right now. Some of y'all broke right now. Right now, because y'all spent all the money on gifts. This is the busiest time of the year for most merchants. I mentioned this before. Statistics show that women do most of the shopping. Women, statistics show that you are out there spending the money. Now, now, according to this article that I read, the reason being is because men want to stay home and watch the game. They want to be comfortable. They don't want to be elbowing people in the mall. You know, the funny thing is, I think my wife and I, yeah, when when my wife and I, we, we've, we've, uh, we've had marriage cohorts in the past, and, and there's, there's, there's standards, right, where, you know, a lot of the curriculum says men think this, mostly men and most women, but there's always times when roles are reversed. And sometimes men just are, are the women in the relationship and the women are the men, but in the, in, in the sense of the way they, they carry themselves, right? In, in this situation, I have to say that I think the roles are reversed. I don't mind being in the mall. I like to go to the mall. I like to go shopping and elbow people in the, and push people in the mall and stuff like that. My wife hates it. She hates it. She's like, um, actually, she did it today. Can you just go? Actually, it started like this. You know we didn't get so-and-so anything. You know we didn't get I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Well, you know, we can go later. It's like, or you can go. I was like, oh, Okay. And then I'm like, bye, guys. I guess I'm going to the mall by myself. A lady was upset with her husband because he would not go shopping with her. She was like, hey, come with me, come with me. And he says, no, the game is on TV tonight. I don't want to go. Just go. Don't worry about it. Get what you need. I'm okay with it. He wants to stay home. Well, she went to the mall. She did all her shopping. She was at the cashier. She was at the register, and the cash register said, you want check? Not check. uh, Cash or credit? I mean, 30 years ago, they would ask for check, cash, or credit. But cash or credit? And she says, cash. And then she starts to fumble through her purse to look for her money. As she's fumbling through her purse, the cashier clerk looks and sees that she has a TV remote in her purse. 
and says, do you always walk around with a TV remote in your purse? And she says, no, not always, but my husband didn't want to go shopping with me, so I figured this is the way I could get even with him. There was a time that remotes weren't super vital. You know, you could just get up and change the channel, right? Now you got to, like, try to pull the TV off the wall. You got to stick your fingers somewhere in the back, and you can only change the channel. And guess what? What are we usually using? Our input, right? You need the remote. To, to watch anything. Yo. Guys, don't be cruel. Don't be taking remotes. Even though I think they found a way around that, you could download apps that could sync to your phone and to your TV, right? Anyways. <laughs> the average person... This, this article just came out uh, a, couple, a couple months ago. The average person is expected to spend $932 this Christmas, this year, 2022. So the average person spends $932 this Christmas. Some of you are thinking, oh, I did pretty good. And some of you guys are thinking, like, I need to repent. Some of you guys are like, I need to repent. I need intervention. But the, best, but, but the gift of eternal life doesn't cost us anything. Yet, it costs the Lord everything. We understand that gifts are expensive for the giver and free to the receiver. A gift has to be free for it to be considered a gift. If, there, if, if, if you give me this thing and I give you $5 for it, I bought this. This is not a gift. During Christmas season, we say we give gifts to each other, but what, we're really, what we are really doing is gift exchange. I buy you a gift. You buy me a gift. Hopefully, it's with an equal value. We call this giving, but it's not. And, we, and, and, and to make things worse, to make this worse, our children are being taught the wrong thing about giving. So, so, and I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. How many times I told Abigail, uh, keep it up. All these gifts are gone. I was like, keep it up. This tree will be empty tomorrow morning. I said, I will call. I will. I, will. I said, you remember that little girl up the block? Remember we saw that little girl on the bike? I will give them all to her. No. Behave. So now I'm telling her that in order for me to give her something, she needs to behave good. It's not a bad concept. We want our children to behave good, right? But imagine if that was God's standards as well. The gift of eternal life cost God his only son, Jesus he gave us the very best he had to offer, and he gave this gift to us, although we were sinners. Although we didn't behave good, although we didn't get good grades, although we didn't come home when the lights went out. Remember that? When the lights go out, you better be home. We broke all the rules. We rebelled. We did what we wanted to do. We were so full of sin, and yet 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. Thank God that God doesn't think the way we think. Because none of us would have anything right now. (laughs) In closing, church, in closing, God gave us his son so that he could give us eternal life. As great as this gift is, it can only be a gift when it has been received. This family had a tradition where the mother and her children on Christmas Eve would dress up, they would get ready, and they would go to the Christmas Eve service at their church. The father, on the other hand, he would stay home and read the paper. And the plan is that when they would come home from church, the father would put down the paper and the whole family would go to the tree and they would open their presents. That was their tradition for many years. The father was not an evil man, but he just couldn't believe the childhood stories of God coming as a baby in a manger anymore. He couldn't think of, he couldn't believe that anymore. As the family left for church this year, he opened the paper and he began reading by the fireplace. Now, as he's reading his newspaper, he hears something, and he hears it again, he hears it again. He looks and there's a bird that's freezing its feathers off outside. It must have been like a night like tonight, right? And the bird is trying to get into the house. I mean, it keeps banging against the glass, banging against the glass. So, you know, he, he's filled with compassion, this man. And also it's a story because in real life, I don't think any of us would have done this. But what happens is he puts on his clothes and goes outside. And what he wants to do is he wants to open the window so that way his, the bird can come inside the house and be warm. The bird can come to the fireplace. And warm up. Who, who would let the birdie in? Damien? Okay. That's one. Everybody's like, he could freeze. <laughs> I heard Debbie could cook it. So he puts on his clothes, and he goes out there, and he begins to, he begins to try to get to the bird. He begins to try to let the bird know, hey, I'm, I'm trying to let you in. So as he gets closer to the bird, the bird kind of like flies into this, this, this thick bushes of thorns that are underneath the window. He's like come, trying to get the bird out. Come on, come on. And as he's telling the bird to come out, the bird gets deeper and deeper into the thorny bushes. Now the bird is cold and hurting himself. After seeing how the bird was hurting himself and trying to run away, the man yelled, you stupid bird. Don't you know I'm trying to help you? Can't you understand that I'm not trying to hurt you? He stopped for a minute. And then he said to himself, if only this bird could understand me. 
If only you understood, you wouldn't fly away. If only, if only I could become a bird to get you to understand. At that very moment, the church bells rang in the distance. After he just finished saying, if I could just become a bird so that you could understand, he heard the bells of the church in the distance. And at that moment, he dropped to his knees. And he cried out, oh God, I didn't understand. I just didn't understand. Jesus, God's son, came in human form that we might understand. Don't you get it? Don't you get it? He had to become flesh the way we are flesh. He had to become a man the way we are uh, a mankind so that we could understand, one, where we come from. Two, for what reason what were we separated? What has separated us from the Creator? Sin. And three, He came to teach us how we can be restored once again with God. He had to come in human form. He had to become human so that we might understand who is our creator, how sin has separated us from him, and what needs to be done to be restored. Church, can you stand with me this evening? Christmas is a wonderful time. The food is great. The music is great. The decorations are great. The lights are great. The presents are great. I'm not going to tell you that that needs to be stripped from your life. I'm 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 not here to tell you that. But I'm here to tell you that the very most important thing of this entire season is that God became flesh. God became flesh so that we might understand, so that we could get it. Have you received God's gift tonight? Are you, those that are standing here tonight, those that are here tonight, ask her, have I received God's gift, his only son? Have I received that gift? Have I accepted Christ into my life? Is he my personal Lord and Savior? I'm going to ask some of the deacons and elders to come up to, for prayer. You know, if you're here tonight and you haven't accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, there's no better night than tonight. We're celebrating his birth. 
And in celebration of his birth, you can say, you know what? I receive him as my Savior. And so we want to pray with you this evening. But I also know that many of you have already made that commitment. Many of you, as I'm looking out, have already said, I accept Christ into my life. But you know what more so applies to the majority of the people in this room? The gift that you have received in Christ, right? What did you do with it? I spoke about my mom. Let's balance it out. I'll talk about my dad a little bit. My dad still has gifts that are brand new. He doesn't know that the beats, the headphone beats that I wear are his. Somebody in his church bought him brand new beats, and he had them in the basement. And I watched them for a year. And after a year, I knew it was safe to go in there and take them because he, he still doesn't know. He, he thinks it's in the basement somewhere. True story. True story. So some of us, when we're given gifts, we receive the gift, but as, as we take this gift, what are we doing with it? Are we putting it down in the basement? Are we putting it in the drawer? Are we leaving it in the trunk? Are we regifting it? What are we doing with the gift that we said we have received? If we're honest with each other right now, church, come on. It's, Chris, it's, it's, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Right? Let's be honest with ourselves. So many of us have taken that gift and we keep it close by. We keep it close by because we're reminded all the time that, that, that Jesus is a gift and he died for us. We, we, we hear it all the time, so, so we keep it close by. But we haven't put on this gift. We don't wear the gift. We keep it in the drawer. And every time we open it, oh, yeah, it's there. It's there. So today, it's not Christmas Eve, but if you're watching this on Sunday, it's Christmas Day. So on this Christmas Day, for those watching, can we make a decision to say, I want to put on the gift that I've received? I want to appreciate this gift that I've received. I want to I live my life out showing the world that I have this gift. You ever get something and kind of keep it hidden and no one knows you have it? That's not the gift. That's, that's not how, what we're supposed to do with the gift of Christ. So I challenge us today. Who of you standing here tonight can boldly say, I need to take that gift out the drawer and put it on. 
I've accepted the gift, but I, I just haven't put it on in the manner that I should have. There's things I could do better in my life. There's a better discipline I can put. There's, 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 there, there's more effort I can make in my relationship with Christ. There's more of an impact I should be making amongst my friends and my family. That, you know what? I, the world doesn't even know that I serve God. We want to pray with you this, morning, this evening. We want to pray with you. And so the altar is open. And I don't want you guys to leave this place tonight without coming before God, before coming before the altar and saying, Lord, I need help. I need help using this gift the way that you intended for it to be. We want to pray with you this evening. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for loving us so much. You loved us so much that you gave your only son You sent your only son here on this earth. Your only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We are here celebrating that gift, Father. The gift of Jesus Christ. Some of us have perhaps not accepted that gift yet, and some of us, we have, and yet we, Father, what have we done with that gift, Lord? And we need your help, Lord God. We need your help. Father, I ask that you stir the hearts of those that are here tonight, those that are watching. At Father, that they do not let this opportunity go by right now. If there's something not right in your life tonight, if there's something not right in your life, it doesn't matter what it is. If there's something that is not right, something that, that, that is causing pain, it's causing trouble, it's causing issues, it's, it's hurting you. If there's something at all tonight, I challenge you to come up and leave it at the altar. relationships finances jobs anything leave it at the altar today and let's put our trust let's put our trust in a God that already showed us how much love he has for us that while we were still sinners he died for us. In Jesus' name, amen.